And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Very exciting. Darth Vader himself is here. All the other nerds tremble in his presence. This would be my chest box that helps me to breathe. So this is to help you breathe, yes? Yes. And which of these... <laughs> which of these buttons calls your parents to pick you up? Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, May 4th. Happy Star Wars Day. I'm J.E. Skeets, along with me, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team right now joining us live on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. Email us your questions and comments for tomorrow's Beach Step and Podcast. Yeah, Wednesday already tomorrow. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com, or tweet them in, at nodunksinc. And finally, go grab yourself some sweet, sweet, sweet No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. I'm telling you right now, new shirt dropping Monday. Whoa, baby! Because... Some of you out there in the No Dunks universe maybe know what Monday is. A very special mm-hmm. day. A hallowed day. That's exactly right. And that's all I'm going to say. And I'm going to leave it at that. So we're going to have a special shirt drop in on Monday. Okay, though, today's podcast this is going to be fun. The athletics analytics guru, Seth Partnow, is going to join us later in this show. He's actually going to take us through some of the most insane, like crazy, wildest stats from this 2020-21 regular season. So again, Seth will join us later on. But let's first get to the games. We'll fly through these because we got a lot of questions for Seth. First one, Lily, Steph Curry, 41 points, pushes the Warriors past the Pelicans, 123-108. But, 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 Draymond Green, crowned Marvel's first mm. champion. What'd you think about the game? And of course, the... Uh, NBA slash ESPN slash Marvel broadcast. Did you get a chance to watch it with your boys, Lily? Well, so that's the thing. I am actually the target demographic for a broadcast like this because I'm a father of two boys, a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. Right. Um, my four-year-old my four year old has uh, all sorts of face masks and, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. So he's right into it. But it was on a Monday night. Um, I sort of think something like this probably would be better for a Sunday afternoon when you can really actually get the kids down because you know, sure. they're getting ready for bar time, bedtime, and all that sort of stuff. So it wasn't really the uh, prime time. And for me itself, I was watching it a little bit, and you know there were some references thrown in there, but it was a little forced. I thought I was, but it was their first time, so you know. There's some things to work on there. You can never usually get things right the very first time, but it was fine. You know, we saw a couple of references there. But as far as the game as well, this was over pretty early. I mean, Steph in that first quarter, I mean, he lit the Pelicans up. 17 points, 21 in the first half. Warriors are in control. 
And I think you can see in a game like that, it's, it's like uh, that gravity from that first quarter has an, has an effect on the rest of the game because the Pelicans, I thought a couple of times, several times throughout this game, got scored on through just fake dribble handoffs to Steph Curry because they're so worried about his shooting mm-hmm. and just he just pulls so many defenders and so much attention that you saw Draymond Green go in, Toscano Anderson go in and just score easily at the hoop. Um, when I went back and looked at the... Uh, game book from this game it said uh, zero lead changes and zero ties and i thought ah that never happens there's always you know that first quarter there's always you know two or three or whatever but none of those uh whatsoever yeah so steph pretty casually walked his way to a dominant game and draymond green draymond green had a fantastic uh triple double in this one and this to heroic me heroic stuff you would say yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Champion. right yeah i you know when i was when i was uh, getting ready for this this morning i thought i'm going to try to throw in a few references like that and i was like they just i'm, I'm forcing it I'm I'm forcing it, so I'm going to stick to the uh, basics here. But this was a playoff-type win, you know, for a team that is uh, is going to make the play-in tournament. And you only sometimes need one or two experienced guys because a lot of those other guys certainly haven't had the playoff experience that Steph and Draymond have had. And they led their way, and their less experienced teammates sort of got a taste of what it's like and what to expect against the Pelican team that is absolutely desperate to get in. Uh, and they were really outclassing this one. Lon- uh, uh, Zion, you know, had a good game. I thought Draymond defended him as well as anyone can. And uh, Lonzo, who cooled right off, I think they really need some pop from him. So the game did kind of uh, well, stink, you know, let's be honest. So yeah, but you... Lee, we were watching the hero <laughs> points race. Forget about the human points. Yeah, it was all about the man. hero points. Yeah. There yeah. was a lot of lead changes on the hero points yeah. scoreboard. <laughs> the only thing that mattered last night, Lee, a legendary performance from Draymond. You could tell that he cared about winning uh, the title of Marvel's first champion in the arena of heroes. That was what they were calling it. Marvel's first champion in the arena of heroes. Just rolls off the tongue. But this guy obviously was fired up to be playing the game. He had a driving dunk late. He was dishing assists just to get one point ahead of Steph Curry because he knew he was taking home the extra 10 HP with the win. Afterwards, he basically admitted it like, yeah, my kids are going to be so excited that I'm a superhero. So I had to come out and win. I don't know. It was great. It was an entertaining thing uh, for a game that wasn't actually close between a ninth and 11th seed. It kept me entertained. And honestly, I felt a little vindicated for my Marvel knowledge. When the news dropped, I said, Doctor Strange is the best one of these heroes to have on your team. Draymond goes out and is crowned Marvel's first champion while being recruited by Doctor Strange. Mm. I thought it was going to be a time thing, but it turns out it was a seeing the future thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. They kept calling him Marvel's first champion, which means there's going to be a Marvel's second champion and third champion and fourth champion. This ain't the last time we've seen it. I think they've got a baseball game that is going to be Star Warsified today. Oh. No surprise. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of integrations these days. I don't know. Some of it was fun. Some of it was like, okay, I'm still watching a ball explode into the hoop when we are, you know, in the second quarter of a game that's not all that tight, but... I don't know, for a random game in the beginning of May? Sure. JD, what do you think of the broadcast? Overall, the the look of it, yeah, whether they were, you know, the lines that Ryan Rucco was dropping with RJ there. Uh, what do you think overall? Uh, I liked it way more than I thought I would, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I thought the set and the graphics looked awesome. Like, the, the set that they were sitting in was amazing. And, you know, uh, Ryan and Richard... They seemed to be geeking out. They were getting into it, which I appreciated. And I think uh, Angelique Roche, is that her name? I believe uh, so. Mm-hmm. 
she did a great job. Like, yeah. she, uh, I mean, she's a Marvel person, obviously, and uh, and a basketball fan, it appears. Uh, but but she was just dropping knowledge, really, really surprisingly deep references. I thought. Um, so I thought she killed it. I mean, those are the good things about it. And also, I was, I found myself rooting for Wiggins. You know, Homer <laughs> pick, right? Sure. So, and he did kind of make a little run yeah. in the third there. And I thought, okay, this is exciting. But uh, sorry, Andrew, you're you're going back to Alpha Flight. Oh, ouch! Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but that's all right. Alpha Flight's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Draymond winning, and it was kind of cool, but it was also kind of confusing the the name the graphics that the names popping up on during play yeah. i found really distracting uh and also not helpful at all because sometimes the names were very, pretty far away from the player you know yeah. and they would have a defender and and whoever had the ball but i loved the street like the the stream of the ball every time it was a three that was cool even on the air and ball I, from Zion, <laughs> that was awesome. Even, even on the air ball, and a couple of times it got triggered. Once it got triggered, when it the the ball went nowhere near the net, mm-hmm. you know, like we saw the sort of basket thing. But all in all, I mean, I guess it was fine. It was cool. I, I almost wish they went further with it. Almost, you know, like give the players actual like almost superhero fi their uniforms. You mm, know what I mean? Right, sure. right. And I and the whole. The whole thing of there only being three on each team, that actually seemed to make it more confusing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just make, just get everybody involved and whoever has the best Yeah, there's or, enough like, comic book characters <laughs> to attach to everybody, yeah. 8,000, apparently, according to Angelique. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy to me. That's crazy. 8,000 characters in the Marvel Universe is, is insane. But I was happy to hear some Fantastic Four references and... Like you could like the X Men and the Fantastic Four, both of those teams have matching costumes. So you could make like Team X Men, Team Fantastic Four. It's all part of the MCU now. So right. it would have looked badass, in my opinion. I know, like on the traditional broadcast, they were probably you know putting up with the arena of heroes and and all that stuff. And I'm sure you didn't see Black Panther, you know, swinging into the frame and. <laughs> It was cool to see Iron Man sitting on the shot clock. I thought that was kind of <laughs> just cool. Just hanging out. Yeah, he was looking like Sting from the WCW days, just lurking up there. <laughs> I thought he was going to drop down and kick some ass with a baseball yeah, bat totally. or something. But totally. yeah, I just think overall, like it felt like this was sort of thrown together quickly in terms of even like the press release and sort of what they did. Like it was half-assed a little too much and if they had leaned even more into it i'm with you um it was at least entertaining but overall it's fine like i wish they did more with like what's it called the um doctor strange like is it the sling ring like dimensional gateway thing like they used it when they were in the studio like for like a guest i think it was uh, anthony mackie and stuff like that like or they were showing zion or something like that like i wish there was like a little bit more of that that's just a cool thing i think um but i was laughing my ass off at richard jefferson oh my complimenting tony stark on recruiting lonzo ball and it like (laughs) just so like deadpan and i was just like this is incredible that they're uh they're really running with this, but okay. So well, you're grading it overall. You're giving it like a B or something. Is that right, Jason? I'll give it a, I'll give it a B. Okay. I'll give it a, the problem is like you suspending your disbelief. You have to suspend your disbelief on two levels, right? First of all, the Avengers, you know, are in the arena and enjoying the game. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm totally <laughs> sure. fine with that. Great seat. But in the in the Avengers universe, 
they would this would never happen, right? They're not going to go to an NBA game to recruit an NBA player. That's just not happening. So it's just like, <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> oh there was a there was a controversial moment that I saw some super nerds uh, complaining about when Angelique. It appeared that Captain Marvel was standing on the shot clock, and I think it was Brandon Ingram taking free throws, right? Okay. And then she made a comment, something like, uh, you know, uh, Miss Romanoff can take care of herself. And everybody was like, huh, she just called Mar- uh, Captain Marvel Miss Romanoff. That's, that's Black Widow. Hello, it's a Carol Danvers. But I don't think, I think she was, t- because Brandon Ingram, her, his was player Black, uh, Black was Black Widow. Widow. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it, the, the whole bit was, oh, she's trying to distract Ingram. And, she, and she's like, nah, don't worry. Miss Romanoff can, can take care of herself. So. She was actually tw- double right. It was just a deep cut that you nerds didn't even get. So <laughs> calm down. How about that? Right. right. How do you feel about, and I saw Schumann was tweeting about this. He was a little upset. Um, and I already knew what happened, so it wasn't a spoiler for me. But they legit spoiled Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> like in the first 10 minutes of this broadcast. And I mean spoil in the sense, like if you hadn't watched that series yet and you didn't know what actually transpires in it, then you're definitely spoiled. Um, do you care yeah. about that, JD? It's 10 days after people are yelling, coming back at me on Twitter. Well, did you really care if it's uh, you haven't watched it in 10 days? 10 days you're allowed to watch a show now, apparently, from yeah. front to back. An well, entire an entire series. Yeah. But to be fair, it, it the last episode was 10 days ago. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if the true believers, they watched from the beginning and they've, they knew about... Uh, Anthony Mackie is the new Captain America, everybody. Oh, uh, Jesus. He's spoiler twice. Alert. Oh, my spoiler God. And, so, and you know what? Sort of related. We have this co- The Captain America costume. No. It doesn't work. Like Ears out. Ears out. Head out. I mean, it looks cool in the comics, but... For sure. Oh, my God. Like, in real life... <laughs> I mean, they have to they have to do something about that. <laughs> I'm worried about him taking a seagull to the skull and it being all over for Captain exactly. America just like that. Get on the helmet, jeez. The, not just yeah, he's gonna clip himself with his own wing. Like you know what I mean? Like people skydiving wear helmets because of the parachute or whatever. It's not it's not because you're gonna land on the ground. Anyways, okay. New costume, please. New costume. I mean, needs a makeover already. People are again coming at me in the stream team here, like saying, well, if you haven't seen it yet, you probably won't be worried about spoilers. No, I've just told you the opposite of that. John Schumann is watching the show. He's got two episodes to go. He turns into this Marvel NBA game and it's completely spoiled for him is my point. Yeah. So yeah, there are people like that out there. All right. I hate to defend Schumann. It's the last thing I want to do on earth. All right. But I will here. I will. Hear. No, he's here. Ah! Schumann's here. He's in the stream team. Yeah, as well. I know Schumann's here. I'm trying to help him out. <laughs> for crying out loud. Okay. Overall, it was fine. I'm with you, Lily. Weird timing for this whole thing on a Monday night, late. I mean, if the whole idea is to try and get some more kids, uh, you know, into the to the sport by way of Marvel, then yeah, just sort of like a strange decision in that part. But uh, you know, throw it on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, maybe there's something yeah. there. And All I right, think man. they could Warrior... have just gone better with the graphics a little bit too. Warriors but... fans, it's 4:30. What? On their time, on the West Coast, right? Like, they were able to tune in. Their kids were surely ready. Yeah, right after fair. school, let's throw on this Marvel game and uh, watch it there. And 7.30, I mean, 
you know, the sun's staying up a little bit later right now. The days are longer. Maybe your kids are staying up too late, watching some basketball, watching some Marvel all at the same time. couple great moments I loved in this one. You knew this game was over when Steph Curry made a three and Ryan Rucco just yelled, I am Groot! Yeah, that's great. <laughs> no reason. Literally no reason. That's a Marvel reference. Throw it in there because the game is basically over. And Richard Jefferson, like you're saying, hilarious on the broadcast. They gave him Tony Stark's Infinity Gauntlet at one point back in the studio. And he, of course, gave a finger to the camera. The guy who does the 69 nice jokes on the broadcast, (laughs) flipping off the camera, love it, love it. He's the only guy that can get away with this. No, there's a little bit more to that, though, because I was actually watching uh, the pregame, like, hoop streams thing on Twitter that they do. And uh, I apologize for not knowing, like, the host's name. But she had the same glove, obviously. And it was hilarious because I think it was like malfunctioning. Only the middle finger would keep going up and they were dying. And she was like, she was like slick with it. She was trying to keep it like off screen a little bit. But the other hosts out there with her were laughing their asses off. And like she couldn't get the middle finger to like go away somehow. I don't know what was going on with that glove, but that's pretty funny. funny. All right. Anyway, that's long enough uh, going 15 minutes plus here on the the Marvel ESPN NBA game. I guess uh, it was success after all. All right. Our next game, Lili, this was wild. Russell Westbrook, his the third game in NBA history with 20 plus rebounds and 20 plus assists. Uh, a 14-21-24 and 24 game for Russ as the Wizards win and gain ground in the East standings. Uh, we'll get to, of course, Trey's beautiful big beef there from mm. Russ. But, uh, yeah, any takeaways um, besides Russell Westbrook, or is that the story in this one? Well, that, that's the story of the game because uh, his, his uh, Wizards tenure is basically following the same pattern what happened in Houston last season. He started off the season slowly, carrying a bit of an injury, adjusting to a new team and new teammates. But just like it was before the shutdown, he is on a tear right now. He just looks like Russ from the OKC days. And our friend uh, Fast Freddy Katz had a great write-up on him this morning. Has all the stats and tidbits of additional information and all those things that you want to find out about. Um, And and the stats, as great as they are, ultimately, though, the Wizards are winning these games. That's what's really important here. They were 17-32 and uh, less than a month ago. They're 30 and 35 right now. And of those three losses, one was by a point and one was by three points. Westbrook in those games, 22 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists. I mean, he's averaging a triple-double on the season, so it's not a shock there. Shooting 45%. But here's where it really gets interesting, I think, for Westbrook and the Wizards. Tenth in the East still, but I'm pretty. I'm going to say they're safe from here because of the way they're playing and the gap between the Bulls and the Raptors there. And they'll probably even take over the paces to yeah. finish ninth mm. and probably grab home court in that battle against uh, Indiana. And I think right now everyone would take the Wizards to win that game. Mm-hmm. And then they potentially face the loser as it is today, of Boston and Charlotte. And again, either of those two teams, the way they're playing and the way Westbrook's playing, I mean, it, it, w- it wouldn't be an automatic victory, I don't think, for either of those teams. I think the Wizards would almost maybe go in favor. They wouldn't have home court, though, so that would count against them. But this is the other weird little thing coming to look forward to for the playing tournaments. Remember last season, stats didn't count in that playing game. Yeah. So Westbrook may... Again, two or three triple doubles he might get in these playing games, and they might not count for anything. So, well, do uh, I we mean, know that's what they're going to be doing again this year? I mean, we have to ask I mean, Seth that when we get him on here. Yeah, maybe he knows right, the answer yeah. to that. These weird lost numbers. Yeah. yeah, you're right. He, in theory, could literally set the all-time triple doubles yeah. record, passing Big O in one of those playing games. But 
It Will it count, count as a? It probably <laughs> won't count as a regular season game, but we don't even think it counts as a playoff game. I don't know. It's very strange. Yeah. Okay. But, oh, he's uh, going to get there before the play. Well, that too. Probably. I mean, this probably. guy is quite obviously aware of his stats, and he's going for these triple doubles right now. You can lock in Westbrook passing Big O this season. Yeah. Anyway, another great game, uh, great performance there from the Wizards, and uh, some of those passes too from Westbrook. Like he, he's like a little uh, Harlem Globetrotter out there, really trying to dance around and, and uh, fizz passes into his teammates underneath the dunks. It's uh, it's been great fun to watch. There's no doubt when he plays like this, you know, this is why he he gets the accolades and the attention because he's incredibly fun to watch. We saw him, of course, though, and like a lot of guys, when he's injured, can't perform to that level, and he looks a completely different player, but. Right now he's fresh. He's playing in back-to-backs, and uh, it's great that again the Wizards are winning these games. And Scott Brooks even said Westbrook's the second best point guard of all time oh, last boy. night. Oh, boy, I know, I know. Well, who is number <laughs> one? Who only is only Magic. With? Only Magic, Magic Johnson's ahead mm. of him. So, um, but uh, anyway, I mean, look, he's been his coach since Westbrook came into the league there in OKC, or an assistant coach anyway. Uh, Scotty Brooks, and he's a big defender of his. And uh, who cares? Let him get carried away in the moment and say, "Yeah, second best of all time." So. Statistically, I guess he probably is. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number is crazy. I mean, this is yeah. one of the wildest woe boys of the year, uh, TK, as I go to you here with the 14 21 rebounds and then 24 assists. The, I mean, first time since we've been doing it, first player to do the old uh, roast beef and applesauce. Same game. Uh, speaking of fun to watch, Lee, we have known it was a possibility, like you're saying, Skeets, that Westbrook could do this, but the beef gods finally blessed us. <laughs> JD, roll that beautiful beef and applesauce footage. Russell Westbrook had 21 rebounds. That's a lot of roast beef. He also had 24 assists. That's a big beef with applesauce. No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. And applesauce, which is assists. <laughs> That's the longest the music's ever gone on this. Oh, yeah. I had to stretch it out to get those rebound to assist highlights. I think there were seven or eight that Westbrook mm. had where he grabbed a rebound and the Wizards were scoring within, you know, the next three or four seconds. Yeah. Obviously came against the Pacers again. Yeah, what's going on up there? I think six of the last 10, 20 rebound games have come against the Pacers. Makes for a complete meal. You got the beef, the applesauce, and the corn. Corn. Meat, fruit, and veg. You're eating good, (laughs) just like Russell Westbrook. Incredible performance and a delightful beef to be slicing and dicing. Last night, I'm telling Laura, not only do you got to slice up this beef, Westbrook also had an applesauce. She's like, what's an applesauce? (laughs) Well, obviously, that's 20 assists. She's like, you know roast beef and applesauce, they don't go together. It's pork chops and applesauce. I was like, yeah, but (laughs) applesauce is assists, roast beef is rebound. She's like, yeah, but pork chops and applesauce are the things that go together. Yeah, exactly. They don't go together, (laughs) but when you put them together, it's beautiful. Well, yeah. Yeah, roast beef, RB, rebounds, Uh, assists, A-S. T applesauce. Yes. Come on, Laura. Jesus. Follow along here. It's not rocket science. That was an incredible game. What a lot. Yeah, that was fun. 
And uh, you're right, Lily. I think uh, I think the Wizards are the favorites to grab the eight seed at this point, like to get to the eight seed. I don't know yeah. how you're betting against them when Westbrook's playing like this and Beal's obviously still dominating. Berton's contributing after he had the birth of his uh, son there. He hasn't missed a shot, so yeah, they're rolling. Okay, but let's keep going here. The LeBronless Lakers hold off the Nuggets to halt a three-game losing streak. Uh, Marc Gasol compared his role with the Lakers trade to Winston <laughs> Wolfe. From Pulp Fiction. We're talking all movies here today. Star Wars, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Pulp Fiction. Uh, but what'd you think from this one? If you want to do a late night game, maybe a Pulp Fiction by NBA mm. uh, remix would be pretty good. I'd, I'd tune in for that. But yeah. this was honestly an excellent, ugly win for the Lakers. We know they're a great fast break team in a famous location. They've got massive stars, but they actually win with defense. And they this was a great one. A huge needed win over a hot team in the Denver Nuggets, who are ahead of them in the standings and considering the Lakers' struggles. I don't know, best win of the season, perhaps, for the Lakers, at least after AD and LeBron went down. AD was great. 25 points, 7 rebounds, 3 blocks, made a floater under a minute, had an incredible block on a Composo 3 to save the game. He came from basically under the rim to the 3-point line to get a finger on it. They had a picture of him that Tass had and what you need to know from behind Anthony Davis, and he looks like... He's 100 feet taller than Facundo Campazzo. I thought this was Davis's best game. Uh, Jokic was great. Played MVP basketball again. 32-9-5. Three steals and a block. MPJ had 19. JaVale had 10 in a revenge game. But no other nugget was in double digits. And this is the kind of game you can see how they're going to miss Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. Nice stuff from the stars, no doubt. But the story of the game, Skeets. Mark Gasol, like you mentioned it. Guys played a total of 50 minutes since April 6th. Didn't play at all in the Lakers' previous game against the Raptors. Came in, gave the Lakers 17 minutes of savvy. 10 points, three threes, plus 17 in those 17 minutes. And like you said, he said he was happy to play the Mr. Wolf role from Pulp Fiction. (laughs) You know, he comes in when things aren't going great, fixes everything up. And I thought that was a perfect comparison. Yeah. Harvey Keitel, he's an old established actor at the time. Not a ton of screen time in Pulp Fiction, but a massive character impact. And that feels the same for Marc Gasol, no doubt. He's older. He's not getting a ton of time, but he's going to be totally necessary to the Lakers. Because you think maybe Andre Drummond is supposed to be their Dwight Howard replacement. A big athletic guy who could theoretically bang with Jokic. But he doesn't quite have the know-how, physicality, positioning, whatever you want to call it, that Marc Gasol does. So I think that Gasol is going to be the guy if the Lakers and the Nuggets end up playing against each other just because Gasol knows how to stay down and stay in front of Jokic. They built a 10-point lead over the Nuggets. Uh, Then Gasol comes out. Drummond comes in. They almost blow the lead. Gasol comes back in, and they sealed things there at the end. Great stuff from Marc Gasol to get the tab. Hey, come down. You got some uh, You got some clothes for John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson? Bring a banana slug shirt. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, if... Uh... If uh, Gasol is Winston, who does that make Drummond here in Pulp Fiction, Lily? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Wait, have you seen Bruce, Pulp Fiction? Yeah, of course. Okay. That's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I, can't I'm trying to think. I never know with you. Sometimes like the yeah. greatest movie ever. Bruce, like, never uh, Bruce Willis, uh, like he was supposed to take a dive, wasn't he? But he didn't, and then he went on the run. Um, is that Andre Drummond? You know, he ran on the run from Cleveland. Oh, hold on. Know. John Schumann, have you seen Pulp Fiction? We might spoil it here in the, uh, <laughs> in the next couple minutes on this one. Okay, don't worry about it. But nice yeah. to see Gasoli, um obviously contribute here. And he might be pretty instrumental, especially in certain matchups in the playoffs here. Absolutely. And uh, and Gasol, you know, he, he's a, a little bit slower, of course, than the other, other guys. But he moves well enough to get into Jokic's way. And John Hollinger pointed out on Twitter last night that he's actually historically has matched up against him pretty well. So... 
yeah. that's the sort of thing. Marc Gasol wasn't happy when Drummond came over. He thought his minutes were going to uh, eat into his time, and they have. But when there's a role for him, you know, he stays ready, stays professional, gets it done. And then you saw him with the hitting the three last night. He did the symbol as well because his, uh, his shot hasn't been falling all that much this season. But it's also just weird seeing a team play with two bigs uh, a lot of the game last night. You know, at times it was Davis and Drummond, then uh, Gasol and uh, Davis was out there as well. You know, that's just uh, something we just don't see a lot of these days. You know, sort of two guys who could be a center on the same team. But mm-hmm. uh you know, Davis obviously spreads the floor, and so does Gasol when he's hitting those threes. I mean, Drummond doesn't do it as much, although he can operate in the high post there and uh, pass the ball. So, yeah, this was uh, an important game for the Lakers to win, and important because uh, Davis did finally look something better to the something closer to the player that we expect him to be. So, uh, Lakers toughed it out and got a good victory. All right, I'm going to fly through the rest of the games here because I want to get to our guest Seth Part. Now he's going to join us in a second here. But we had Carmelo Anthony passing Elvin Hayes for tenth in scoring on the all-time scoring list, which is amazing. Uh, but the Hawks, caca, stopped the Blazers' four-game win streak. Bogdanovich, he was awesome in the first half, hitting a bunch of threes. Galinari, he's a spicy one. He was he was money in the second half. He had a ton of threes uh, in that second half as the Hawks got a really nice victory. You paired that with the Knicks winning again last night. That 4-5 matchup, we said it a while ago, that's going to be a fun series between the, the Knicks and the Hawks if that one stays the way it is. I'm very excited by that. But Melo, again, this is pretty incredible, just especially when you think, Lily, that this guy's career looked like it was over um, after he played, what, like 10 games in the 18-19 season? But he found a new life here in Portland, and uh, now he's passed something like nine guys on the career scoring list uh, over these past two years, like taking down Alex English and Garnett and Havlicek and Paul Pierce and Duncan and Neek and Oscar and Akeem and now Elvin Hayes. Mm. Carmelo Anthony up to 10th. That is cool. I don't know if you saw that clip going around too. Again, came in a loss, so that sucks for the Blazers after that four-game win streak, but like he got the game ball and had like a basically a cool little speech to the locker room, sort of addressing what I just said. Like, you know, people wrote me off and uh, I came back and look, I'm climbing up the ranks here. Yeah, and he's accepted a role coming off the bench and uh, performing it well. And I think he gets uh, – if you can put that graphic back up there, J.D., for a second, I think it's Shaq who he can pass. He's got about uh, 1,200 points there to catch Shaq. I don't think he can get to 30,000. Mm, it seems a little bit out of reach, maybe, I guess, if he yeah. if he just hangs on for a bit. But, uh, yeah, to finish eighth all-time by the time his career is done will be uh, a pretty good achievement for Melo because, I mean, but Houston traded for him and then just waived him. Like, they didn't even really try to trade him. It was after that awful game against the Thunder – where he just played really badly, and uh, and the Rockets said just go home, and he was out of league for such a long time. So uh, credit to him for you know for being the guy because there's that clip as well when he was originally traded to the Thunder where he's like they want me to come off the bench, no way, or you right. know, he's laughing at that, that suggestion, and now he's found that uh, he can still be productive and still have a role in this league um, doing that. So you know as long as he stays healthy, I can see him sort of hanging around for another season or two in the NBA for sure. Final games, Magic topped the Pistons, 119-112. Mo Bamba, big night for him. Tobias Harris led the Sixers past the Bulls, 106-94. Like I said, Randall and Derrick Rose leading the Knicks to a win over the Grizzlies, and the Jazz cruised past the Spurs, 110-99. The Jazz, 9-0 in their yellow jerseys. Haven't lost in those, uh, you know, bright yellow, gold, mustard, whatever you want to call them. And... They snatched back the number one seed in the West from the Philly, uh, from excuse me, the, the the Suns. Philly stays one game up on the Nets for the number one seed in the East, and uh, you have the Knicks assured of their first winning record here. That's the big news from last night. Uh, since what twelve thirteen when they went fifty four and twenty eight with some guy named Carmelo Anthony. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> but let's take one quick break here, hear from our sponsors, and then we'll get to our guest. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's bring in our guests. We've kept them waiting in the back there for a while. Seth Part now covers the NBA and basketball analytics for The Athletic. You can hear him on The Athletic NBA Show podcast, specifically Friday's Nerder, she wrote. Seth, what is up, my man? Seth, I believe your mic yeah. is muted. We may have done that, or nope, you there? That was hey, me. There, he is. there we go. Strong entrance, strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kept you waiting uh, backstage yeah. there for about twenty minutes. Sorry, we had to talk about that Marvel game for uh, you know a good fifteen. What do you think of it? Uh, I I watched it with with my wife, who is a big Marvel fan, not so much of a basketball fan, and she had. More actually, almost a basketball anti fan, but uh, but she had some uh, no, she had some thoughts on it. Um, uh, just it, she didn't really think they picked a lane in terms of of who they were. Were they trying to get basketball fans into Marvel or trying to get Marvel fans into basketball, or was it for kids? It was kind of in the middle of those, sure, yeah. and and so liked the effort, but it wasn't ultimately kind of didn't come together quite mm. well. So she did. She watch all four quarters. No, she, she did. Up? She did. Wow. No, she, no, we 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 went through all four four quarters. She kind of she started to tap around the fourth quarter, <laughs> uh, but, but she she was a gamer. All right. Where do you uh, now rank hero points among the uh, other catch all stats? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Not so good. Come on. No, they're fine. Ball it's was fine. a it's negative actually, hero point guy in the first half. I think Schumann was pointing this out er- earlier. Is it's basic? It's a very similar metric to one that Larry Bird came with, came up with, uh, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. And it's not terrible. It's like you get you you get positive points for doing good things and lose points for doing bad things, and so it gets you a, a reasonable estimate about uh, of who is you know done well without you know, missing a, a bunch of shots or turning the ball over. So it's not like awful, but right. it's, it's like Tommy but, points a little bit. Yeah, wasn't it? I mean, a uh, lot Tommy Heinsohn used to hand those out. Although he yeah, only gave them, I guess, for positive, uh, not, not for negatives as well. If they could have worked Tony points into the game somehow, just like, <laughs> uh, then I, you know, let, as you guys were saying, like lean into it more. I yeah. think it was JD was saying, lean into it more. Um, just go with the complete ridiculousness and, and, and something like that would have, would have maybe added something to it. Um, I can't lie. I was hoping to see hero points on the basketball reference box score when I fired it up today. You know, they like to put a joking <laughs> nickname on or something like that. I think Joe Johnson still has the armadillo cowboy up. They could have easily thrown the hero points there. I don't know. Next time I play pickup, I'm definitely going to be subtracting uh, points at, for every turnover and this <laughs> shot. I don't know, Skeets. I might be going negative here. I think if you end up with negative hero points, you're actually a supervillain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lonzo was a super villain. That was close. The first half. He got it going. Hail Hydra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So, we've Seth, we had you on because you got a great article up uh, today over at The Athletic. Everybody should go subscribe. Theathletic.com slash no dunks. We tell you every damn day. But go subscribe for great stuff like 
articles from Seth. And you sort of take us through like the seven craziest stats from what you say is basically an extreme season, I think, to use your words. Um, so we'll tackle these. We've got a few other questions, too. I want to get your thoughts, like, maybe on the play-in tournament if we have a little bit of time and your player tiers and stuff like that. But let's jump right into the seven sure. crazy stats. And, and I'll, get, I'll sort of, like, throw them out there, and you can explain them to us. So the first one, um, this is, like, great timing off that, you know, Wizards-Pacers game. But it's this idea of just this insane scoring explosion, uh, going on this year. So like sort of take us through uh, what you found in, in your uh, research here. So it's it's not the highest scoring in terms of total points season ever. Uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s, there, there were like uh, there's about 223 points scored a game. Now there was about 225 or so on average, but they were taking, you know, 20 more shots to do it back mm-hmm. in the day. So this, this is the most efficient scoring season in NBA history. Um, and it's not because teams are getting in the free throw line a bunch and getting freebies that way or getting putbacks off of offensive rebounds. It's they're making shots, um, effective field goal percentage, field goal, uh, not field goal, uh, three point percentage, free throw percentage are all at all time highs. Uh, and turnover rate is the second lowest of all time. So offense is just really winning the day right now over defense. And it's happening at one of the faster paces uh, we've seen in you know, the last 25, 30 years. Basically, it's one of the fastest paces the league has been played at since the Pistons decided teams should play defense. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you think it has anything at all to do with there being no fans and now, you know, some fans, of course, into buildings? Like, could that help this idea of just, uh, you know, the offenses, especially, I guess, in road situations still humming along? Uh, I do. There was some stuff that I looked at in the bubble last year that has sort of continued a little bit. Um, I think um, for whatever reason, like free throw shooting was a little bit better in the bubble and uh, uh, sideline three point shooting was was Hmm. a a little bit better. So it's maybe um, interestingly, that's not really a home road thing. It's like you don't actually shoot better in front of your own bench or worse in front of the opposition bench. But I think just having nobody there on either side um, can't can't hurt, especially with you know it's not that you guys have been on an NBA court. It's not it's not a lot of room there to, no. to put your feet. And so if there's no one there, you you probably have just a little bit better off getting your feet together and, and getting that shot up in rhythm. Yeah, so, a little more room to breathe yeah. over there. Lee, are you better when nobody's around you when you shoot from the corner <laughs> there? Or do you like people sort of encroaching on you a little bit? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I don't have the same sort of uh, effect behind me as the crowd. But certainly, uh, the corners, it's just more comfortable to shoot from, I think. It just feels you're a bit closer because you are. You are closer. I mean, that's that's the one thing that I remember specifically when we did the three-point shootout, you know, for a lot of those All-Star weekends. When we went into the um, Superdome, was it there in New Orleans? Mm-hmm. That felt just gigantic because there was so much empty space behind you, you know. So going into a smaller arena, I guess like the one in Charlotte, we did the last one, that was that just felt tighter. Yeah. I just It just felt more comfortable because it just didn't feel like you were just trying to, you know, throw into an oasis out there. So, uh, you know, but but I, I do think that, um, you know, and I, I don't have the data to sort of back it up, I guess, but I suspect with the uh, bubble, playing in the same court, same arena, you know, guys just get more comfortable with it. You know, they're not traveling and having to sort of get used to a, a new court or a, a new background of that. So I, I wonder if that has a, a an impact as well. I mean, I, I suspect it probably does just because, you're, you know, the, the court that you shoot on the most tends to be the one that you shoot the best on, I think. Possibly. Uh, Seth, while we're talking uh, pickup hoops here, 
Didn't you and TK uh, match up in the post uh, in like a summer league game or something yeah, like that? that was, fun. I so <laughs> unfortunately, if there's like an odd number of big men in a in a pickup run, I sometimes get uh, get, get <laughs> you're uh, the Marcus Gasol. Yeah, I get. I, well, I'm, you know, I'm Mr. I'm, Wolf. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm 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 six foot and a half on a on a very good day. Yeah. Uh, so, but somehow I get you know I I ended up having to to guard Trey in the post. Oh man. I'm a softy. I'm soft inside, anyways. He wasn't throwing any bows to get a position. We know Trey's got a bit of. uh, Well, he gets out on the court. He's competitive. I I tried to front it in three quarter, and it was it was it was a a long way around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so the good thing is, is in pickup basketball, not a lot of uh, lob entry post (laughs) passes. You know, not everybody dipping it in there. But uh, Seth, I'm a little curious with regards to the pace. You're talking about. We're playing at a super fast pace. I think Schumann had a stat that that Pacers versus Wizards game last night was one of the fastest games in the past 25 years. There are 42 guys averaging 20 a game right now. Do you think we look back on this era we're in now kind of similar to the way that people are looking at, you know, the Oscar Robertson era where they're like, yeah, he averaged a triple-double, but look at how many more shots they took back then and look at the pace of play back then. It kind of feels like we haven't adjusted to the fact that Players are so much better on offense right now, and everybody wants to play offense right now. Uh, the players are better. The environment is very pro offense, and yeah, I think a lot of these, the like the sort of the statistical milestones we're used to, like you know, a double double doesn't mean maybe what it used to. And averaging twenty a game doesn't doesn't mean what it did previously. I don't know if it's this era specifically. I think this year is on top of some of those trends you're talking about has just. Uh, added something on top of that. And mm. I'm not sure yet whether, you know, as we get into more normal environment games next year, whether that'll continue or not. I, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, so I I think it won't, but I don't. But this year, certainly, um, yeah. the, the numbers are just are, are, are kind of wacky. Yeah, <laughs> I don't absolutely. know what to do with them. Off of that uh, Wizards-Pacers game that you said there, uh, TK, Schumann actually uh, slid into the DMs. He had a trivia question for you guys, and um, we're going to include if, uh, you here, Seth, too, as I think this is, a, this is a tough one. So Wizards-Pacers, second-fastest-paced game in 25 seasons in which we have the play-by-play data, topped only by a Lakers-Suns game in 1718. okay? So the question is, can you name the guy who played in both of those games? Wow. And I'll give you a hint. He is not the epitome of speed, Okay, I would say the opposite. So Lakers, Suns, seventeen, eighteen, and then of course last night's Pacers Wizards game. One guy played in both those games. Lakers, Suns. It's a guy that I I'm on record uh, not being a fan of when he played for my team for a hot minute. So he was uh, Alex Len. Oh. Bingo. Alex, Alex Len. Len. <laughs> he Alex can move. Len has played in two of the the fastest paced games of all time. I was I about to go with Robin Lopez. So you're, oh, you're wow. right. There. <laughs> right. He did play for the Suns. That's true. That's true. Uh, there you go. Shoe. We slipped it into today's show. Nice okay. Our next one here, uh, again, from your article, Seth, talking crazy stats, wild stats, however you want to call them. The blowouts. All right, talk to us about the blowouts because it does feel like there's more than we've ever seen, and, and your numbers sort of back that up. Yeah, there, there, there have been. And, you know, the increase, the increase in pace of play and three-pointers means I think we're gonna, you're going to see more games that end up with a wide margin just because, you know, with the threes, the, the scoring variance can be higher. And then you, you 
don't have to win each possession by as much to win by 20 if you're playing, you know, 10 more possessions a game. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But the the worrying thing that I've sort of been watching all year is just how much game time has been played where the game is non-competitive. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a bigger worry. Like you could have a right. you could have a good game that ends up, you know, with with a team winning by 20. It's, you know, it's a a 5-point game with 9 minutes left and then it gets out of hand and that's mm-hmm. been an enjoyable game for 3 quarters. I think uh, so far this year, um, it's it's sort of arbitrary, but I was I've been looking at the amount of game time that one team or another has had a twenty point lead, and it's almost it's almost ten percent of the game. Every game this year has has uh, has been uh, you know, quasi garbage time almost, where one one team has a has a has a twenty point lead. Uh, ben Falk, who runs cleaning the gas, looked this up for me earlier this year. Normally, uh, on his stats, he removes garbage time. To kind of you know get rid of those those stats for for people and most years it's around he has to remove around three percent of the game uh or the, the court time this year it was early in the year at some point it was up around five percent so oh. just just a ton more non-competitive action and that's from a product standpoint, probably not great. Um, maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe, we have to go with Marvel games to yeah, keep everybody right. well, interested in the hero points. It's, it's probably saved a little by the fact that there are more games in a given night because the season is so compressed. So oh, for yeah. the league pass junkies, you're not necessarily noticing it as much. Um, I think for people who are just watching games of one team, it may be more noticeable in that you know just more of those games are over after two and a half quarters, which is you know, not awesome again. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're a Raptors fan, you're down 20, but don't worry, you'll make a <laughs> fake-ass comeback to make things interesting <laughs> yeah. there in the final couple of minutes. And exactly, I was going to say, between the Bulls and Raptors, it's got to be 100% of games have a 20-point lead at some point. Yeah. So, I, I uh, as a Raptors fan, I have to uh, uh, um, just just say uh, shout-out to, to Freddie Gillespie, who, uh, who mm. started, started his college career at, uh, at my alma mater, Carleton College. So I'm, oh, wow. So, uh, didn't, big didn't big fan that. of Freddie. Oh, excellent. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Our next one here, specific about a, an actual player here now, Blake Griffin and uh, what he's sort of done here in Brooklyn since coming from Detroit. What do what the numbers say, Seth? Well, uh, for the, the more than a year before, uh, and I apologize in advance for us, you, you have to see this coming. But for a year before he got to Brooklyn, he had uh, no dunks. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> um, and and since he since he's been in Brooklyn, he has 11. It's it's, you know, as a percentage of his shots, it's the most he's dunked since his fourth year in the league. Um, wow. <laughs> which, you know, he, and, uh, people are saying that he he kind of was taking it easy in Detroit. And I don't think that's it. I think having, you know, six weeks off. Helped him, helped him probably playing 20 minutes a game instead of 30, yeah. not having the ball in his hands all the time has helped him. You know, you were talking earlier about Carmelo transitioning into a different role. I think kind of getting bought out and then going to a really good team is, has helped Blake kind of move into that, that next stage of his career maybe more naturally than he would have if he had still been kind of yeah. the guy making however much money on, 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 you know, a less good team. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Also, within the article, correct me if I'm wrong. Does Blake Griffin lead the league in charges? He does. Is that he's, right? He's, he's drawn. He's drawn 22 charges. Um, <laughs> he, he does not lead the league in often in offensive fouls drawn. Um, uh, okay. Uh, Lou Dort is is the one. Yes. That. 
Um, door, drop your dorts in the stream too. Yeah. Drop your dorts. Uh, but but he is uh, on a per minute basis. He is, I believe, fifth in most offensive fouls drawn this season. Wow, Blake Griffin, grinder. Yeah, that one caught me by surprise. That little addition there. So yeah, but you don't think really. Seth, that he was like sandbagging no, it no. so much in, D- in Detroit. No, I, I think that he, you know, he was three years ago, uh, he was the all NBA third team and, and mm-hmm. you know, basically dragged that Pistons team to the playoffs and hurt his knee late in the year and has never been physically the same again. And basically was fighting to get back on the floor for the last two years and, you know, wasn't really able to until he got to move into a different role and, and had some time off. So I think it's it's just sort of, the, the natural not having to be, you know, the star player has, has helped him have a little bit more energy when he doesn't have to play as many minutes or have as many responsibilities. Mm-hmm. The next one here, Trey, you're going to love. Seth, I know you've been following it basically all season long. I've seen the tweets coming through and you've, you've slipped it into some other previous articles, but it's, uh, it's titled Zion Smash. So what's going on with this one? So... We, we only have play-by-play that's reliable for shot location going back to 1997. Um, in that time, uh, Zion is by a massive margin uh, shooting in, in the restricted area more frequently than any other player. Um, for his career, he's somewhere, I think he's up around 19 attempts per 100. The next highest is 13 and a half or so. Whoa. He has the two highest rim attempt, if we count last season, you know, his, his partial rookie season, he was up over 20 per 100. This year, he's down to 18 and a half. Uh, only one of the one other time has a play, any player ever been over 16 shots in the restricted area per 100, and that was uh, JaVale McGee for the Warriors when he played about 700 minutes. Um, so it's just, just, uh, it just if you if you put it on like a like a scatter chart, it's like um, you know everyone else over here and Zion way over here. It just expands the chart by 50 percent. Um, what about um, like Dwight in his you know prime days there in Orlando? It felt like he no, he's you know there's a bunch of players right around 11, 12, 13. Dwight is down there. Shaq, you know we yeah. only have late career Shaq, but looking right. at you know if you look at Shaq's field goal percentage and free throw rate, he's probably taking about the same number of rim attempts in his younger days before we had play by play. He's right there around you know twelve, thirteen. Gian, that's where Giannis is. Um, it's it, it's. We have not seen anything really like this. Um, wow. He's lab created to get to the rim a bunch <laughs> in kind of the pace and space era. I Do- love it. Uh, he shoots only layups. It's amazing. But the question for me, I've been saying it's only a matter of time before Zion leads the league in scoring. But he's only taken twos. The guys that lead this league in scoring most of the time now, Steph Curry, Bradley Beal, James Harden, they're obviously making multiple threes a game. Is it possible to still lead the league in scoring if you're only taking layups and dunks? If you can create layups and dunks at that rate, uh, I, I think it's possible, sure. I mean, he, you know, he gets a little bit better at finishing, a little bit better at free throw shooting, and, uh, you know, uh, he's a he's been a very good but not elite finisher at the rim. If mm-hmm. Just a little bit of improvement in all those areas. And, you know, if the bar in this area is averaging 32 a game, that might be tough. If it, if that's needs a, to lot. Get to, it's a lot of lands, needs, yeah. yeah. If he gets like 28, 29, I could, I could see that. 
Okay. Yeah, that's something that uh, Trey and I were talking about before. I'm doubtful that someone could do it in today's game, as we've talked about, you know, with the scoring explosion and the three-point percentages and all that, to do it without that. But then again, like, who's to say he also doesn't add that to his game a little bit? Um, You know, a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to turn into Steph Curry. Yeah, just enough to to maybe uh, help his chances of getting over 30 per game. So, well, something to watch. But, yeah, it's uh, pretty cool, like you said, the when you see the graph of just where he is. Now, here's the follow-up question to that. Is he sort of underrated, oddly? Uh, like, you're saying he's doing historic things here. Of course he's a huge name. But maybe it's because the Pelicans are sort of disappointing. I don't know what it is. I feel like this is being overlooked a little bit. I think so, too. And he get like, there's a weird sort of thing where, well, all he does is dunk. or And, and, and shoot layups. It's like, well, yeah, but those are the best shots in basketball. And no one else, <laughs> no one else can get there as well as he does, like, ever. So like, right. Wilt was maybe, you know, we don't have the, we don't have stats for for those days, but that's the only thing that I can really probably compare it to someone who's just like that athletically superior to everyone else on the NBA court that they just, you know, I'm going to jump in the air and shoot this and you can't do anything. Like, yeah. You know, for as great athletes as we have, just the combination of size, speed, strength and body control is completely unique did you see uh lily the clip going around twitter the other day maybe it was yesterday even someone had like old footage of wilt chamberlain um and it basically was like yeah did you see this yeah, train? Just, i saw you nodding just... yeah it was like they basically were like, like look a at joke. the turbo boost that <laughs> will chamberlain had and there's like three clips that they've uh you know edited together where it's like in transition and it is amazing. It almost looks like this is fake, right? Like he, all... he just like turbo boosts yeah. like step. But then again, he was like a track yeah. and field like star. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he's going to be faster, but it's just also he's seven feet tall. And so his like first step is like, you know, Usain Bolt, like, I guess. It just looks incredible. So you saw it too. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there, there, you can find Bill Russell was similar. You can find some clips of yeah. sure, him sure. just like, yeah, just being faster than everybody else <laughs> despite being the tallest yeah. guy out there uh significantly yeah crazy all right a couple more here um you know this goes back to what you were sort of saying there tk the stat inflation um and sort of how we sort of even try and wrap our head around some of these numbers that guys like westbrook and many others are putting up this year yeah this is depending on how you you know you count who qualifies i think I, as of sunday night there were 39 guys Averaging averaging twenty, but it's been bouncing between you know the high thirties and low forties all season. Easily the most uh, in in NBA history. Um, so averaging twenty probably doesn't mean nearly as much. Uh, I remember before the uh, before the All Star game, uh, uh, Dan Feldman of of NBC uh, did, wrote an article where he was basically found like seventy three different like statistical things that nobody who's ever done this has not made the all-star game <laughs> right i yeah. remember that being, but i brought that up on the show yeah. i got laughed off the podcast here i remember tk come on get out of here yeah. but yeah that's exactly right there were all these crazy statistics yeah. but that you would usually be an all-star for right yeah. and we've also there's been more more players have scored 40 at least once this season than any other season in history and like oh, it's wow. you know it's scoring 40 is great but does it like it's now it's like you got to get to 50 to to impress me almost or at least yeah. 45 but 45 isn't a round number so it doesn't, feel, <laughs> doesn't really work as well yeah Tass said it today on what you need to know he's like i think lillard had 33 last night 
33 like 20 years ago would have been yeah. the lead story and now it's just yeah. like okay that's like an 18 point game uh so what is the analogy here like 20 points now you think that's like a 25 point per game score or you know, the other way around 25 is the new 20 i don't know what it is yes, how I'm... do we how do we account for this i would you know you get again round numbers are easier but you get have to like guys get in like the 23-ish range or probably about okay. the you know the like Terry Rozier is averaging just over twenty this year. Ten years ago, he would have been tenth in the league in in scoring. Now he's thirty something. Right. So that's <laughs> I think that you know again. So the guy like he's basically having a season like a guy you know a good solid starting two guard. Yeah, he's giving you about seventeen a night. You know that's that's about what Terry Rozier's twenty means. Right, right, right. Lee, are you oh. happy with going with like? sort of the benchmark 23 points per game you want to go to 25 how you, how you feel about this or do you yeah. want to keep it at 20 I, I mean 20 was always the like if you're in the 20 point club you're a legit scorer that, that's what it always felt like but but yeah you're right now you look at the sort of leaders in scoring and you're going down way down the page and seeing guys registering 20 a game so we probably do need to bump it up and if we're going to do it I think go up to 25 it just seems that Ooh. natural sort of mark wow. that's like okay now 25 is legit um but Seth, one thing actually we've sort of talked about is, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook is going to average a triple double this season. Do you think he makes All NBA thirteen or any All NBA team, or is this going to be a guy who has a statistically incredible record season, and there's no actual award for him or, or, or even accolade uh, when the season's all done? That's that's a really good question. I haven't, I have a haven't really thought about the guard spots so much in, in, in all NBA yet and because the Wizards have 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 frankly kind of snuck up over this last month or so that he wasn't really in the in the conversation and now I, I agree with you that he kind of has to be but there's a like a lot of guards that are are you know what do we do with what do we do with Chris Paul this year what do we do with, yeah right. with Luca with you know when he's been on the court James Harden has been absolutely spectacular this year and we haven't even talked about you know dame and steph so yeah even within his own team in washington yeah. there as well i mean bill was the all-star yeah. and bill might lead the league in yeah. scoring i mean and you know the the suns have been the one of the best teams in the league all year and they they're they their backcourt both players have been have been really good this year so what do we mm-hmm. what do we do with that i mean the wizards have been you know again the last month have been great but you look over the season and phoenix has just been really really good all season and kind of want to reward that over happen, happening to have kind of the hot month right fresh in mind. Of, 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 <laughs> yeah. Said like a real stats guy, eh? <laughs> Don't get caught up in the recency yeah, bias, right. losers. I'm, I'm here to uh, to remove all fun, so. Right. <laughs> no, it's going to be tough. I, I actually don't think he's going to make it, which is uh, Westbrook, that is, to an all-NBA team. Because you said, like, you haven't even said, like, you know, Donovan Mitchell, I think, is going to warrant some consideration, of course, with the success of his team. I know he's out now. That sucks, too, with all the injuries to some of these. Kyrie Irving, I mean, has to be. In my opinion, it has to be on one of these teams. But yeah, at, at some point you start running out of spots for all these guys. I mean, there's so six spots for ten, yeah. twelve guys. No, yeah, we're what... still waiting for Skeets to go ten deep on yeah. his All NBA team. <laughs> I know he's waiting until the end of the season for the to finally unveil the list. But yeah. this is the year where there's going to be 
a lot of snubs, a lot of all NBA snubs. Yeah, you, th- you thought it was impressive when Dan Feldman was dropping 73 potential <laughs> All-Stars? You wait to see what I do with the All-NBA team. <laughs> no idea. Hold on to your butts. All right, so become the All-NBA team. Yeah, right, right. Uh, two more here. Uh, back to Brooklyn here. I, I love this one um, because it's gotten overlooked a little bit, probably because he hasn't played a ton here recently. But Kevin Durant and how he still has it coming off an injury, Seth. It, it's he's having his best shooting season of his career. Um, <laughs> I, I just just say that you know, even and even adjusting for kind of the the kind of the pro offense environment we're in, he's having his his either best or second best shooting season of his career at age 32, having not played in a year coming off basically the most debilitating injury a basketball player can have. I just, I, what, what, what do you do with that? I I don't know. Yeah. At 32, that is, uh, it's pretty wild. The overall efficiency and field goal percentage by a sizable margin, you said. Yeah. uh, It's by, by 20 some points. He's been more efficient than he has any season in his career. Are you concerned at all about the Nets not having played many games together, their three guys, moving forward in the playoffs, this whole idea of, like, you got to get some chemistry built within a regular season, and you can't just say, oh, well, you've got all these talented guys. All right, it's okay, playoff time, let's go win a bunch of series. Or can they? <laughs> I, on one hand, you are concerned because they, they haven't had that. The other, on the other hand, like, the games they did play together, it was pretty seamless. Mm. Like, they, I... I you know, I really kind of enjoyed the way they had they played those. I mean, it, it seemed they naturally kind of slipped into roles of, of Kyrie kind of playing a, a you know, two-guard scorer role, uh, KD kind of floating around getting his shots whenever he wanted to, and, and Harden really playing almost a traditional point guard role for three quarters yeah. of a game. And then I forget who they played earlier this year, but there, there's one game where they, that he basically didn't look to shoot for three quarters. And then with nine minutes left, he was like, okay, my time and played about the best six minutes. I saw anybody play all year in the fourth quarter um, because he had the energy to do so because he had just been, you know, setting everybody up for three quarters. Yeah. Well, that's not looking good for me in my hundred dollar bet with Taz. Mellis is basically <laughs> what you're getting out here. All right. And our final one here, and we can like sort of spin this into a little MVP conversation if we want to, but Steph shooting and just sort of what he's doing here. Now he's likely not going to win MVP. Who knows where he even finishes, maybe top five, maybe top three. Um, but you know, still doing some pretty impressive stuff. Uh, of course, in terms of shooting the basketball. Yes, as we are joined by my four-year-old in the background. Oh, excellent! <laughs> nice, nice cameo. Uh, yeah. Um, no, it's it's it, it, it it's incredible. We've it, as players like Harden and Dame have gotten to you know take the Luca Trey Young have gotten to take the ball and do whatever they want uh, on offense over the last couple of years. We've kind of wondered what it would look like if Steph got to do that. And we're getting to see it now, and it's pretty awesome. Um, right now, he is uh, breaking, shattering almost his own record of three pointers per game. He's up just on. I think he. I think he's fractionally away from being at five point three. The old record is five point one. Um, if he goes really crazy over the end of the season, he'll finish with the third most made threes of all time in a season, and he's kind of a shoe in to have finished with the fourth. Most he needs to average, I think, like seven and a half a game over the last part of the season to finish third. And, you know, normally say he couldn't, but, you know, he's had, I think, 16 games this year where he's hit at least seven threes. So it could happen. 
Um, and especially with Golden State, you know, kind of needing these games. They need, they need mm. you know, these games and every shot he's get it, giving them. Have you sat down and really sort of crunched the numbers when it comes to any of the awards, um, you know, be it MVP and where Steph falls in that or any of the other ones? Or is that uh, uh, an article for a later day here still? Um, MVP is, is, is Jokic has put that one to bed. Um, it's it where where Steph is going to be, you know, second, third, fifth. Somebody's he's he's he had I a ballot, he would be on there. I just yep. don't I'm, I'm not sure where because, again, with all the injuries to, to so many of the, uh, you know, before he went down with this injury, I probably would have had Harden at number one. Um, but, you know, with with the just the, the consistency that Jokic has done this playing every game. He's 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 just been by far the most valuable player over the course of the season. Even if on a given game, Steph might hit or Joel Embiid might hit a, a, a you know a, a better height, but just mm-hmm. the consistency of excellence for for Jokic is and and I almost think we we haven't talked enough about it, especially how good he's been since Jamal Murray went out. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think you will? Uh be bumping Jokic up in your player tiers if you are to do these again before the start of next season because I have it here in front of me you had in tier 1A was Giannis, Harden, Kawhi and LeBron and then 1B was Durant and Steph Curry so obviously no Jokic in the one category uh, in the tier do you see uh, you know looking ahead that Jokic will be very easily in that or will he still be a I guess a two-way guy. Uh, playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the tiers are, you know, looking at how much this guy helps you towards winning a championship. So, I like, they are weighted somewhat heavily towards playoff performance. So, I don't expect Denver to get to the Western Conference Finals again. I mean, if if they, if Murray had been healthy, they I would have picked them to win the title going into the playoffs. Um, wow. Without that you can't say that but if he plays as well as he did in the playoffs in the bubble he'll he'll, he'll probably jump up into, into tier one for me there you go is um, there anybody else that you could see maybe not moving up to tier one but a player that you had low coming into the season that's kind of surprised you and might be moving up for next year um there are a few i mean obviously julius randall is a guy who, who sure. didn't even make the list last year and is oh wow. Be wow somewhat higher than that next year, uh, uh, he's, he's got a brownie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, uh, Julius Randall's one. Um, I, I, Mike Conley is a guy who I kind of was worried was kind of heading towards that part of his career, and he's he's certainly bounced back. Um, Kyrie and Russ, probably I, I might have been a little low on. Um, Zion, I was pretty aggressive on on, on where I had him last year. Um, I had him, I had him at the top of tier three. Yeah. Get, it, get into yeah. tier two, you're starting to talk about you know a top 15, 20 player in their league. Especially since they're probably not making the playoffs this year, that's that's going to be a tough one. Right. Um, and the other guy with a big chance to really like you know kick his way into the top tier is, is Embiid with a with a you mm-hmm. know with a big playoff run. Awesome. Well, we'll let you go here, Seth. You got you got brownies to uh, maybe consume over there. I'm quite jealous. <laughs> Can't thank you enough, though, for coming on. What's the easiest way for people to uh, to follow your work? What's the, what's the Twitter handle? Uh, the Twitter is at Seth Partnow, um, and read me on the Athletic, uh, at, at the NBA Vertical, and uh, 
And uh, thanks for having me. I was I was saying when I was muted earlier that I've been a fan of you guys since back in the basketball Jones days. So it's a uh, it's a uh, um, it's uh, kind of a thrill to get to come on. Awesome. Well, we're excited awesome. to have you on. I love this like angle that you did with the article again, like the seven craziest, wildest, weirdest stats from the 2020-21 uh, regular season. Go check it out. Subscribe to the Athletic, theathletic.com/slash no dunks, and then just search for Seth's work. It's uh, every article you write. You're learning something. I'm like, whoa, wow, didn't know that. So really appreciate it, Seth. Uh, Enjoy the brownies, and uh, we'll talk to you maybe in the playoffs, man. Thanks for having me. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Well, we got a super, super late entry to Tweet of the Night. I had something all lined up. It was a hilarious thought from Jimmy Butler. But we got to go with this because it's very topical. And uh, thanks to Ibrahim Exe, who sent it in. And it's this tweet from Zach Cram. And it's wow. this season's <laughs> leaders in hero points as defined by the Marvel broadcast. So this is the top five. Top uh, Number five is Luca with uh, 2,081. 
Randall at number four with 2,101. Giannis with 2,144. Gobert with uh, 2,146. But number one by over 600 points is Jokic. And he says, look at the size of that lead. Give Jokic the MVP and a room in the rebuilt (laughs) Avengers mansion. And I have to agree. I mean... Spoiler what? alert! Why is it a rebuilt <laughs> Avengers Mansion? What happened to the first one? <laughs> Jesus! Well, that movie is over two years old, oh. so mm. you know there's no excuse there. But uh, yeah, I thought that was great. And do you want to you want to see the uh, the uh, Butler shot? Yeah, why not? Sure, sure. It's pretty good. It's uh, between him and a reporter. Uh, after the game, it looks post game. Tass sent it to me. Uh, I'll be honest, uh, but it's great and it's uh, it's perfect to Jimmy Butler and the reporter. I believe, while well, Tass believes, is Ira Winderman. Okay. So here it is. Are, are you aware of sort of how tough the schedule is down the close with two against Boston, one against Philly, one against Milwaukee? I mean, it, and one against Dallas. I mean, does it almost feel maybe a little bit like pre playoffs? That's tough for you. I don't know. I'm just saying. There's challenges. Maybe if your sorry ass was on our team, it'd be tough, but uh, I think we'll be just fine. My sorry ass, thanks, you. Thanks, Jimmy. Love you. <laughs> that's good. All right. That's great. Winderman's got Jimmy no being game, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah, that's Jimmy being Jimmy. He's got a cool look going on. He's, He's looking like his cool yeah. yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Get your brother on the floor. Is that Fantastic Voyage, Lee? That's no, that's favorite? the other one. That's oh, Fantastic one, two, three, oh, that's four. one, two, three, four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he yeah. references Fantastic Voyage Something in new. that, though. Ah, this ain't the Fantastic it. Voyage, but I'm still on a mission to see if I there can get is. your attention. There it now is. I want to drop some information, just a little, <laughs> little tip to your education. I live my life by the <laughs> calls of the floor, 600 watt LATs in the trunk. <laughs> if you got a beat, you can get it down with me. I can't believe me. you know cool C-O-L-L-I-O with the flow. I'm looking for a party, so let a brother know. One, two, three, it's like AB. See if you're popped in rhyme out pay our rap for free slide slide but that's the past got something brand new for that ass yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right sweet <laughs> okay <laughs> let's get to pick them results we're running along here uh last night's game was the nuggets lakers and the nuggets were favored by two and a half we thought lebron was gonna play so that had a lot of us believing in the lakers he didn't play but they still covered. They got the win. That's a money line hit. So uh, nice win for Tass, Trey, and myself for this very short month of May here in the Pick'em, which is brought to you by Bet MGM. We've decided, loser, last place, giving $100 to charity. All right? That's what's going on with this one. We're keeping her mad simple. So, Lee, right now you are bringing up the rear because you're on one because you had Denver. But tonight's game, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, let's run it back. Bucks favored by one and a half at home. Lily, have at it first. Where do you want to go? Kevin Durant. I tried to do a sort of LeBron James, but Kevin Durant. LeBron James. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Brooklyn Nets. Uh, okay, you're taking the Nets just like that. Yeah, I can't back against Kevin Durant. And this is actually could be potentially a big one as far as who gets home court advantage for when these two teams potentially face each other in that uh, second, second round, round yeah. there. So I think and it's a TNT game as well, so I think everyone who's healthy is going to play. I think the Nets want revenge. Kevin Durant. All right. <laughs> uh, it doesn't work, work on but that. Yeah, you need to yeah. work on that. Uh, TK, where, where are you going? 
Blank Griffin. Blank Griffin. Tough to beat the same team twice in a row. So close. You know, the Nets are coming in having lost a couple. So give me Brooklyn Nash. All right, so you're taking the Nets? Yeah, I'll go Nets. All right, let's find out who Tess is taking. Yeah, I forgot to upload the video, <laughs> but I will tell you, he's taking the Nets. Oh, wow. Ooh, I don't mind this swerve at all. I don't yeah, mind it a good at swerve. all, man. I love Drew Holiday, the way he played Kyrie in the last game. Um, will the Nets continue to try and play Giannis that way? That's something to watch tonight. Just the, uh, hey, go ahead and shoot it, man. We're not running a double at you. Uh, go ahead and try and get your 40. I'll be fascinating to see. Give me, give me the Bucks. Give me the Bucks to uh, probably shock some people. I think a lot of people would be taking Brooklyn in this one as a little bit of a revenge factor there. But I'll take, make, take Milwaukee to win by two or more. I'll swerve on this one. All right. Thank you so much to Seth Partnow for joining us here on today's show. That was a lot of fun going through some of the craziest stats. Again, go check out his article that accompanies this podcast, theathletic.com slash no dunks to subscribe so they know we sent you. And uh, yeah, you'll enjoy that subscription. I guarantee it. Like, comment, and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Email us your NBA questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Hit the beach tomorrow, but get your questions in nodunks at theathletic.com if you want to email them in or at No Dunks Inc. INC on Twitter. And finally, grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Fun stuff, guys. JD, loved hearing your thoughts on that Marvel game. I wish there was a Marvel game on every night in the NBA now. Because you really brought it today. <laughs> Me too. I'd love that. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, maybe we'll talk about this Star Wars baseball game on tomorrow's podcast. <laughs> nope. It up. Uh, all right. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Bone Thugs and Harmony never made it to Australia, but Julio obviously did. <laughs> I'll see you when you get there. (laughs) (laughs) Brace the day, people. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.